thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome to the Sooner or Later Sports Show. I am your host, Jay. Thank you all for pulling up here on the YouTube channel, as well as listening to us wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're here, go hit that like button. If you're new, subscribe and then rate us, review us, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway and gift it. So today we got a fun show for every single one of y'all today. And I got some special guests. Let me bring the people in. No, you got PG joining us. We got Jason pulling up. And we got Coop as usual. So we're going to have a blast talking about everything, of course, Oklahoma football. So who set the over-under? That was uh, Hank at 605, and we definitely beat that. So hopefully you took the over. But uh, today's topics, we're going to jump right into some June recruiting recaps. We're going to talk about the latest commitment. I want to save that because it's going to be a nice little build-up to that. We'll talk recruiting updates, news and notes, and we're going to wrap this bad boy up with the Big 12 preseason rankings. Not only the rankings, but the All-American team. So we will discuss what's going on with that. And uh, yeah, we will pull up. So let's let's jump into some of the quick comments. What's good, my people? Uh, what up, Gage? Thank you for the $2,499. We appreciate it. If you got a question, jump that bad boy on here. Hank. What's good? I see you left and ran over to Jason's side. It's cool. It's all love, baby. I'm glad that you are joining us today. And uh, what's going on, Lemon? Seth, what it do, man? What it do? Lemon Lime, we appreciate you pulling up. So let's get this bad boy going. Gentlemen, how does everybody feel this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Sunday uh, evening? Coop, lead the way. Hey, I'll lead it up. Uh, feeling good, you know, excited. Uh, it, it was a great day yesterday. Uh, my birthday was Friday, so, you know, another year. Uh, keep it going. And uh, I love watching the Suter countdown. We're almost there. We're one day closer every single every single day, and I'm ready for it. That's true. That's true. Jason, talk to the people. How you doing? Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on again, Jay. Of course, Jason oh. Watkins, Hall of Fame College Football Podcast. You can find us at CFB-Pod <clears throat> on YouTube and at Birdie Man Dub on Twitter. You can just go to hofmedia.us and find us everywhere. Heck yeah. PG, talk to the people. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, the PG Show, or you can come uh, interact with me uh, in the DMs over on Twitter. Responding to a little bit more of those now, trying to get interacting with you guys. Yeah, PG's getting a lot more active, so you got to be excited. And so we're going to get ourselves uh, going. Give me a sec. We're going to make sure that we are pinned up and ready to talk. All right. First topic on discussion on the docket, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, let me go back to these comments. Cam, $10, my boy. We appreciate it, brother. We appreciate the love. Uh, Dalton, it's Gucci. Welcome. Topher, you're right. We got our Mr. Winery uh, prediction down the line. We're going to dive into that a little bit later. Uh, David, good evening. Thank you for pulling up like you always do. We appreciate that or whatnot. And so, Cam, thanks for the love on the 10 bucks. If you got a question, make sure you drop that bad boy in there. We're going to jump to some questions in a bit. But I wanted to start things off with uh, the conversation that I know a lot of people have been having is 
how slow recruiting is going. And I kind of want to give you all a June recap. Last year, I'll come, do you all remember this is this staff's, what, second full year going into uh, Oklahoma, doing their thing and getting the recruiting done. But the one thing that we ran into is that um, last year, around this time, starting July 1, we had like seven commits. And really, we had a quarterback in line, and then everybody else was still coming down. We had, of course, Jackson Arnold, Caleb Hicks. We had uh, Eric McCarthy. You had Samuel Masigo. You had Keon Brooks, Heath Uzeda, as well as Kay McIntyre. That was our seven to going into July. And then going in, once we hit July, we had nine commitments in this, the month of July. So things started to ramp up. We expect it to be similar, um, but it's it's a slow time. It's it's a slow time, especially because June is heavy on the official visit season, and now NCAA has changed the rules to where players will get unlimited official visits. But there's a caveat: you can only visit a school once, and that started July one. And so, I don't anticipate July this year being as big of a boom. Because of that, because you'll probably see some players take trips to random schools they normally wouldn't go to because they can't go anywhere else. But this year, we're at 11 commits going to July 1. Now we got 12 with Vaughn coming down the line. And so, uh, real quick, let's talk about this. Um, Coop, we'll lead off with you. How do you feel about the momentum going into July now after seeing that in June last year we had seven coming into july this year we had 11 now we have 12 well let's play this game obviously uh we we want every day right that's what we are we're oklahoma uh, you know there's only one um and uh we want somebody every day coming here and we want and, and i think that this year's uh anxiety comes a lot from um the the big names that are on the board and the predictions that are going out and so people are like you know, what's good? Where's it at? Let's, let's get this thing going. But you're right. Um, you know, uh, Omicio, uh went down on June 30th. And then we had uh, Pachati on July 4th, Petaway, uh, July 6th, Caden Green, July 8th, Logan Howland, July 9th, Adabare, uh, the 10th, Smothers, uh, 14th, Lewis Carter, Crimson Missile. It's, uh, it's, under, it's under franchising. It, that, that's, that's, that's mine. Uh, but Lewis Carter... 716, Josiah Wagner, 725, and LeBlanc at 728. So why was that crazy? Because that didn't ever happen. That didn't happen. Another thing that, uh, you know, we, we're used to seeing is a winning record the year before. And so, you know, we talked about a little bit at last show. If we went, you know, nine and four last year, would this look different? You know, I, I'm not sure. But uh, again, I think that there's a lot of conversation going on in these recruits. Jackson Arnold talked about it last year. They had a chat going on with everybody talking about how they're going to come in looking to take folks' jobs. And so we're going to continue to see these things happening uh, where these guys are having conversations behind the scenes and they just haven't pulled it yet. So we uh, are going to continue to recruit. We're going to continue to get commitments. And I think that by the end of July, we're all going to be saying, you know, how is this class going to round out? And so, uh, you know, we just went through another uh, dead period also. And so right. uh, let's uh, sit back, relax. Um, we're going to see uh, we're going to see the floodgates happening. And uh, a lot of people are 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 expecting it. Jason, what you feeling? 
And I've been feeling good. You already know. You know, uh, it's uh, it was definitely after you see Devon Mitchell on that pickup the other day. You know, I think that should make all Sooner fans proud and, and excited about what's <clears throat> coming down the pipe. I mean, look, the biggest thing that everybody was, you know, worried about with Lincoln Levy was what's going to happen to this offense. Uh, you've now gotten, you know, high level five-star quarterbacks you know you've got a five-star tight end now you possibility of getting the number one running back in the country uh and the offense is is, is going to hum along we, we that's what we're seeing here the other thing i would say is that you know hey man we're headed into july which was the biggest month for oklahoma a year ago and the biggest fish that you can land are still in the pond let's go get them you know, it's, it's an exciting month right now. I think this is a big time for everybody. No, I agree. And that's the one thing I think for me and where my concern isn't here is that all the big fish we're chasing are still there. I would be worried about this class if the players we were fishing for weren't available anymore. Then I would have concerns. Right. But the good thing is, is because they're still there, I have no concerns in that capacity. So, Seth is telling me I'm sounding low. I'm not sure why I'm sounding low. My bad. If anybody else thinks I'm sounding low, please let me know. I will Maybe start a working. smidge low, but not too bad, I don't think. Not to, that's a smidge low. I'll go ahead and pull. Let me turn this bad boy up. Does that sound better? My volume sounding better? I wonder if somebody touched mine, too. How about there, now? Yeah, there you went. There you went. You're better. There we go. There. Good, 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 good. All right, cool. We'll work with that. Perfect, perfect. Um, So, yeah, that's that's kind of the big Big thing is, is that, like you said, Jason's perfect. They're still around. We still got the fish we're going after still available. PG, what's your feelings on us going here into July from June? Yeah, I feel really good about it. Uh, you know, we've heard about some pretty big targets that might be looking to shut it down. But I think a lot of people's expectations about kind of what this class could have looked like by now was really dependent on some guys that I think were just no-brainers that we expected to be in the class, like a Michael mm -hmm. Patterson McDonald or an Eli Bowen. Those are two guys that, I mean, we still expect to be a part of the class that, you know, just they haven't popped yet. They're trying to enjoy their recruitment and things like that. So I think, you know, I think that's why people are maybe a little worried, just because some of those lower, not as highly rated guys as the David Stones of the world, uh, they just haven't committed yet. And it's just because maybe they're laying back, they're enjoying the process, but it's going to it's going to come like it's going to hit at pretty much all at once, because a lot of these guys, the consensus of what you're hearing, they're trying to have their recruitments wrapped up by senior season. So that tells you by mid-August, you should have probably 75 percent of your class all wrapped up. So you could be sitting at probably 20, 22 commitments by that time. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at, too. I'm totally I can see that as well. Once we walk into August and we get right at September when the season started. Yeah, it's going to be. Oh, we're, 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 we're like, we're in the top 10 at that point. And the good thing is we finished in the top five. So uh, we won't complain about that whatsoever. And so, okay, let's talk about this guys. Let's talk about this. Von Mitchell. Let's talk about this. The, the former 2025 five-star tight end that now is unfortunately the 95th player in the country in the 2024 class because he did announce that he's reclassifying as well as coming to Oklahoma. And so the expectation is he will be on campus. I think he'll probably be there in the spring. So I think he'll also be early enrollee. 
which is pretty impressive if he's able to do that. Um, we'll start with you, Jason. When you saw they come down the line, I know that there was a lot of suspense built up. Miami was walking in with bags upon bags upon bags saying, hey, we we trying to holler at you. And we lucked out and was able to not um, lose that contest. How would you feel about seeing him make uh, make that commitment? Well, you know, I think you, you and I have talked about it quite a bit. You know, once Hawkins came and they're so, they're so tight, I think we, we've expected this. I, again, I, I haven't been super surprised about anything that's happened. It seems like it's the folks, that, the kids that we are seeing that we're expecting to, to show up are showing up or they're still available, right? Um, the ones that we really didn't expect, J.A., uh, what's his name, the uh, Zadavian Sims, those guys, they're not, call- they're not coming. We get it. Um, but there's, there's been some ads, there's been some guys that, that have kind of fallen off. But like, like what PG was saying with Eli Bowen, some of these other guys, you're going to end up, a lot of the guys that we're not talking a ton about because you kind of just expected it. Um, but I, I can see this class continuing to get a lot better. But, man, when you get a guy like, if you've seen any film on this kid, holy crap, man. De- Devon is a monster, first off. I mean, it's just big, yeah. big, and he's got speed to go with it. Um, huge target out there. And look, if you needed a reason to, or, or, you know, if you needed confirmation from anyone, Jackson Arnold was tweeting all kinds about this kid coming in next year. So, and I mean, he's a Hawkins, he's Hawkins boy, but Jackson's excited about him too. And this is a big thing because he's going to be, you know, he's expecting him to be out there on that field year one. I think I don't care whether he's dropping to four or whatever's going to happen with all that stuff. This dude is the real deal. It's exciting to have him in the fold. 100%. And Coop, Coop, what you feeling? Um, yeah, if you go back and you watch his film, the, 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 the play that really just kind of blew me away, and maybe it's just a little, uh, little uh, PTSD from the spring game, but um, he's fallen down at one point, and he reaches out with his hands and snatches the ball. Um, again, I, I like talking about, you know, Mark Andrews when they were recruiting Mark Andrews, they're like, yeah, sure, Mark, you're going to play a wide receiver, but every once in a while, we're going to have you come up snug up next to the line, put your hand on the ground. It's just this weird receiver formation. We're going to have you try out. And, um, so, I mean, you know, I, I think that this kid, I, I would rather him be in Norman under Schmitty instead of in California where certain folks might be lurking around trying to whisper sweet nothings because, uh, you know, it's better that he's here. But this guy does. He's got body control. I saw it in the chest, soft hands. Um, And, you know, again, they can split them out. But when you see him blocking, he's trying to put some people on their butts. And so, again, it shows me that, like, he's not all interested 100% in catching the ball and running routes. Um, and I'm hoping that, um, you know, again, uh, you watch anything that Jackson does. Jackson's not scared of anything. Uh, and I'm assuming that Hawkins probably ain't scared of throwing him either. So um, you see a couple seam routes and it's like uh, watching like a, a history film because we haven't seen those mm-hmm. seam routes in a little while. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm, I'm all for it, man. This this guy is this is a stud. And Miami, don't don't cheat yourself. Miami made it a an interesting battle because of their history with tight ends and they can still speak to that history of tight ends. But when uh, Lamar Jackson's number one target is Mark Andrews out there, and then you throw guys like Blake Bell still out in the league doing stuff, you know, it's good. It's good. So uh, I, you know, 
I don't know about you guys, but uh, you've got between Kearney and him. Those are our two top-rated guys uh, committed as of right now, and they're big guys too. No, I agree. And as Cam mentioned, with um, with his his soft hands and ability to catch, and Hank points out, he does remind me of Jermaine Gresham at okay. high school, and he's actually the highest-rated tight end we've landed since Jermaine Gresham in 06. <laughs> so it's quite ironic awesome, that we got ourselves man. a second athletic version of him, and Gresham was a physical just freak. So, yeah, we've got him as the highest ranked since Gresham as well as looking like him. And so, yeah, as mentioned, he can split wide. He can – he can. I think the thing jumps out too is he can block. Like – at his size and speed and his talent, he likes blocking. He likes leveling folks. And so you got to like having a physical guy. PG, yeah, I know you were stoked. We had talked about this for a bit. Pancakes, baby. PG, yeah. we were talking about this guy before, and I know you are really, really excited, and especially as it coming down the line. How are you feeling about the Vaughn commitment? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it because going into the SEC, the tight end is probably one of the biggest question marks that you had about this team for next year. And I think Devon, Manch- uh, Devon Mitchell answers a lot of those questions. And people might say I'm crazy. Devon Mitchell's playing next year, right? You know, with what Oklahoma's got, they're going to have to go take somebody out of the portal. But Devon Mitchell's playing. There's no way they're going to sit this guy. Going into the SEC, you need somebody at that position that can make big-time plays. And it's Mm -hmm. not always a guarantee you're going to go into the portal and get a guy like Austin Stockner. So they'll go into the portal. They'll grab somebody. But Mitchell's going to play. I think that's uh, probably one of the biggest things out here. Uh, You look at his stats and what he was able to do in high school. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in his senior season. Uh, He had 731 yards uh, last year. So I'm excited for what Mitchell's going to be able to bring. And uh, Gresham, that's uh, those are some high praises. Yeah, it is. It's huge. I mean, and I don't want to put the pressure on him like that. But at the same time, I mean, kind of looks like him, kind of looks like him. So it's kind of hard to argue. And I love that everybody has been leveraging that comp. And so, man, that, uh, Eric, thank Ooh. you for the 50. Appreciate the love. Where? And yes, it made my day too. I was, uh, I had some other stuff I was going to get into, and I sat down. I was like, you know, I'm gonna wait and see what happens with this because of all of the talk around how you know Miami was really, really, really pushing hard. And that was actually one thing their argument they were coming with was specifically that, oh, we're tight end. You, we've got all these great tight ends, blah blah blah. And it's like, y'all know Oklahoma's got some tight ends too, and Andrews is one of the tops in the league and NFL right now, like. Yeah, I got some years ago, but OU still puts out good tight ends, and so yeah. When's the last, him, last Miami one? <laughs> I mean, I can't remember honestly. It'd be, Isn't it just get... great to see a five-star tight end not end up at Georgia or Florida State? Right, right. Now, I, I think Georgia is the one that terrifies me the most with the way that they've recruited the tight end position, and it makes it an easy weapon. Because remember, the best part about tight ends is that they they're a really good safety net for quarterbacks. So they're usually the guy that has the mismatch, the one that, that the quarterback can usually dump to, and that's, that's a safety net position. Hence why Lamar Jackson's top wide receiver was Mark Andrews, and he was able to leverage him a lot because the receivers ain't getting open. You can get to the tight end, they're going to figure it out. And so that, to me, was, was, is, is, is big. And then, of course, the comp with Jermaine Grisham is, of course, monstrous. But, yeah, and, and then a lot of people are asking about the portal. One player I was hoping we was going to go after was Seydou Traore. But he's at Mississippi State now. Um, but 
we get, he wanted to play wide receiver. And I think that's why, that's why he left Colorado, is that Colorado was going to leverage him for tight end because he was a tight end at Arkansas State. And he wants to play wide out. And so at 6'4", 230, 6'2", 240, um, he may slim down and play wide out. If he does end up doing it, that's so be it. But um, I think that was the reason why we never went after him was specifically because size-wise he's not – he wants to play wide out. So, But, yeah, health-wise is kind of a problem we have on the um, the tight end position right now. It seems like we just can't keep anybody healthy. But the good thing is is – we got time to figure all that out. And so, okay, let's, let's move on into some, some other stuff, July commitments. I mean, I know that there's a lot of recruiting news and updates going around. Everybody saw the latest uh, crystal ball or future cast that went in over at rivals for Williams, Winery, the big time five-star defensive lineman edge, everything for um, up there at elite summit in, um, in the KC area. And the question is now, can Oklahoma close a deal and get him here? And I'm going to be honest. I, until, until someone shows me a future cast prediction from a Georgia person, I don't think that Oklahoma loses this race. I think Oklahoma has it. They have the, they have the relationship, which is what won Von Mitchell of along. And we also um, we have that proximity. You know, that's another big thing. The family environment, all of that stuff. So Georgia has the, I guess, the history. But I think Oklahoma has the great opportunity to bring in one of the greatest defensive line classes in recent history. And so, PG, how are you feeling about uh, Winery with the latest Future Cats coming in? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I like Winery to Oklahoma. Um, I think there's was an, it's an edge rusher that we're still not talking a whole lot about that I think Devon Mitchell kind of tips in Oklahoma's favor, and it's Zena Yumio Azulu. Remember, he was Ooh. teammates with Michael Hawkins and Devon Mitchell out of Allen, Texas. Uh, Oklahoma generally just recruits Allen kind of well, and I kind of like the idea of Zena to Oklahoma now. And remember, his brother, Nito, is an offensive lineman at Texas. So not saying he's coming, but... Oklahoma's going to need some <laughs> offensive linemen next season. So I, I, I think Devon Mitchell uh, actually sways Zena in Oklahoma's favor. And, again, talking about defensive line, Zena is going to be a crucial piece to uh, Oklahoma bolstering up that defensive line going into the SEC. Hmm. Interesting perspective on that. Jason, what you thinking about that? Hey, I like hearing it. I'm not sure that, <laughs> I mean, you know, it sounds good, you know. Um, of course, Truth is uh, over here saying no, but he always does. He's going to, he's going to, you know, come at you from that Texas angle. Uh, I got to say, you know, when, when you have teammates like that and they build a bond already, it's not that hard to continue that bond at the next level. Um, and when you start looking at the recruits that have come in here, uh, I mean, why would you not want to be a part of this team? You know, and that's the real the real reason that I feel so good about what's about to happen with these defensive line prospects. We've talked about it, how tight these guys are. You know, they all are rooting for each other. They're all talking to each other so much. You know, they retweet mm -hmm. everything that the other one does. You know, um, I feel like this is one of those things that this is a this is a class that's starting to seem to come together, kind of similar to the way that the that the last class did, and it's 
they're they're tight they want to be around each other they they trust each other and i think that once you get one of them to go the other ones are going to going to as well and and i'm kind of at the point where we and i kind of talked about this the last few times that i've been on as well is that when it comes to like stony uh i mean how could he not to me i feel like he would feel really bad to not be a part of this i think it would hurt him to not be a part of this program that he's loved since he was a kid and and especially seeing everybody that's here that's coming you know uh, it just I, I feel like this is all kind of coming together and and a lot of the same goes for the rest of them too you know these, these right their friends are coming to town you know when you start talking to eli bowen his brother's there why wouldn't he come to you know uh you know there's just it just seems like of course you know sometimes brothers want to split up too but you know mm-hmm. we'll see um but you know, I just feel like that first, like Hank says, that first big domino falls, you know, um, it's going to be, it's going to, the rest of them are going to just fall over with them. So, hey, listen, I'm I'm excited about it. I really am. I think that recruiting is going just about, as I said earlier, kind of as we, it's been laid out for you, uh, the way that he's planned. And, you know, the guys that you're seeing that are committing, are those culture kids that are going to fit this culture and who he wants. And you're not going to see him swinging for the fences for somebody you don't know just because he's a five-star. It's just not going to be how it goes. No, I agree with you there. And thanks for the 490 super chat, poop feast, 420, little red river reminder, ready for this one. Yeah, I'm ready for the red river as well so uh, because our boy truth here has to tell us his brother is on the other team and truth. I mean, that's cool. Believe me, I we've seen siblings go to other schools and battle each other. I know the Texas selling point is why would you want your mother to sit at the 50-yard line at the Red River and have to choose a side? Yeah, I, that's a great seller. I totally would keep pushing that, but I could totally see little brother saying, I want to beat up on my big brother when we play against each other. I want to battle him. Like I want to embarrass him just because of family rivalry. Well, and, and the fact and so, also is Nito isn't starting at Texas. So he's going to have to have an injury or something take place so that he can come in this season. So it's, I mean, well, it wouldn't be this season. Zeno wouldn't play him this season anyway. It would be. Well, yeah, no, but you, but you know what I mean, right? Like right. The, the, the thought process that, Oh, his brother's at Texas. I'm like, well, but his brother's not technically playing for Texas yet. He's just on the team. Like, right. you know, Nito could see this as an opportunity to have a chance to go start somewhere because there's a huge need at Oklahoma the next season. I mean, so, I actually enjoy the conspiracy theory. That, that's actually not too bad of a way for him to go in and absolute meltdown this 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 offseason because Oklahoma is going to be killing them on the recruiting trail. You got um, Jaden Jackson's going to commit to Texas, but when David Stone commits to Oklahoma, Jaden Jackson's going to flip that commitment over to OU. So, I mean, I, oh. I, 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 I'm oh. here for it. Here for it. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying, a guy who is who is quite accurate information is pretty dang confident he goes here. Okay, hey, I I, I ain't mad at that. I mean, I've seen Will Fong and him miss on some whiff on some big ones too. Um, even some local guys have whipped on some big ones. It happens to the best, but at the same time, and maybe his mom wants to wear half of a good looking shirt. <laughs> but truth, I, I'm with you on that though. I mean, if anything, I don't disregard the sibling piece. So I like that PG has confidence in Zena potentially coming here. I'm still sold on him going to Texas as of right now, just because of the sibling play. But at the same time. Like Eli Boeing, we're waiting for him to make his decision. He's out doing visits and stuff. I'm totally for siblings going to rival schools and battling each other too. So it would be fun. But yeah, that that's the key thing is don't as long as nobody messes it up. That's 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 the um that will be the uh the question. 
of the day. So totally here for that. Um, hey, I would I would just say this. We just saw it with the Anderson kids. Uh, brother went off, went somewhere else because, yeah. uh, you know, dude's not getting playing time here. And so uh, we, we saw him we saw him go somewhere else. So, uh, you know, it, it happens. It, it does happen. I don't think um, I don't think that um, Bowen was pressed too much. I think that there is a lot of conversation going on behind the scenes with this. I mean, you saw immediately David Stone hops in and says, hey, next time I see you, you know, um, to to Devin last night. And so you're going to these guys have all a pretty good tight conversation. And I'd say like if if it was last year's class, mm-hmm. you know, um, or sorry, two years ago, you know, I wouldn't really, really know. But the soul mission plays a huge part with Noary uh, uh, because he is uh, he is a massive, massive fan of that. And it's going to be a it's going to be a thing that pulls guys like Nigel Smith uh, and Stone. And, uh, you know, again, it doesn't hurt. And again, it's just driving fast, but it doesn't hurt that Georgia keeps up ending up on the wrong side of the press clip. Oh, the news. With, uh, driving, you know, <laughs> 88, uh, 55, you know, so none of those things are hurting us in these situations. No, you're right. And Georgia doing nothing but keeping themselves in the news like that ain't going to help them. I think in, in at all, they, they've got to, they got to reel that bad boy in. And so, um, no, when there is family oriented, all of that. So I'm anticipating the same thing. And, and just like you said, truth, we will see. That's the thing. I, I, I recruiting is so fickle. And with so much more information coming out, as everybody's getting more and more invested, it seems like it's constantly changing over and over and over, and we just have no clue who's going to be what. So I kind of look at it like I look at my shirt, just kind of just squint on it, just like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what the actual end result is long term. Uh, but I do think that that family piece is a big one. Um Seth, that's a good one. I still think we lose to Texas in the regular season and then beat them in a Big 12 championship game. That one was going to – that one, that's a topic we're going to talk about in the Big 12 preseason ranking. So I'm going to star you right now. We're going to jump into that a little bit later. But uh, before we move over into that portion of it, thank you all for pulling up. If you are here right now, stop what you're doing. Hit that like button on my channel as well as over at Hall of Fame. Hit that like button. If you are new to the channel, subscribe. Join the family. We'd love to have you join us long term. It's going to be fun. Um, we're going to be talking a bunch of college football. And one of them here, Seth has a great, great one here for us, is uh, is is D- Dominic McKinley has been quiet. It has been just as of late. Uh, but I'm still, I, if, if there's a, if there, I, if there's some hopium that I'm taking in right now and I got some my hopium. oxygen mask for, man, I think we land McKinley. I really do. That would be like the greatest feat that Todd Banks could do. I, I think he's probably digging into his paycheck right now to try to figure out how to make that happen because that would be huge. He pulls what that the off. What sooner Cowboy have to do then? I don't know. <laughs> he lose his ever loving mind. But truth, you're right. We had a few silence too, and then one of those silence flipped. Um, that's kind of annoying, to be honest. Uh, so yeah. Hey, so, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. McKinley's a quiet kid in general. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, you've tried to get him on the show a couple times, haven't you? Yeah, he he's like he's he don't want to interview. He's he's a quiet kid. Okay, he's he doesn't like talk. Now his brother, on the other hand, different story. But Dominic, he's he's quiet. That'll yeah, be one that's... of those ones where it'll be interesting to see. Like, oh, 
do people actually really know where he's going because he's so quiet and he doesn't talk to a lot of people? And when he does talk, it's very short. So I'll be curious to see if that's one of those recruitments where it's like, oh, do we actually know what he's thinking? Do we actually know where he's going? And that's the biggest question of it is nobody can get into that kid's head and he ain't telling you much of anything. So it's like, okay, so what do you, what do you, what do you, what does he want? Like, what is he going to do? And we're literally sitting there just like, okay, well, nobody knows. And that's kind of um, what it is. Eric, thank you so much for that. We really appreciate wow. it, man. You showing some love today. Soul yeah. Mission. Yeah, for everyone. I've invested in it. Soul is Tesla of college football. It is top tier, man. Um, that mission is huge. And a lot of the recruiting, I've, that's all I've been hearing about is with a lot of people, especially their wrap-up interviews from doing like their visits or going to events, is when they talk about the Soul Mission, they're like, hey, man, prepping us for after the game and life and all it's huge. And I'm surprised, honestly, more schools haven't implemented programs like that, especially with former players, but I anticipate we'll see a lot more of that coming down the line because it is a big deal. You know, some of these kids are just trying to figure out what they're going to do. And so, but I've heard the exact same thing here. Um, Kenny is that McKinley actually really likes Oklahoma. And so mm-hmm. Oklahoma's the leader there. I, yeah. I, I heard that his parents loved Oklahoma when they were here. Loved yeah, it. all the writing's been saying is that he actually enjoyed himself. So we anticipate that. All right. Thank you for pulling up. Hit that like button while you're here. Subscribe if you're new to the channel. Again, Eric, thank you so much for the double 50 burger. That uh, will definitely go into some equipment very soon to add some cool stuff. But let's talk about an interesting topic off recruiting. We're going to talk about first off the big 12s football preseason rankings. And of course that came down the line. We all looked at it and I was just like, um, huh? What are we going to do? What disrespect are we going to see? And surprisingly, it was not as bad as I anticipated. I'm going to be honest. It was not, uh, as bad as I anticipated. And there's also just, I think one thing that jumped out to me, let me get my screen here to share so you all can see, was um, the fact that, let's go window. We're going to get to, not you, boom. Oh, okay, you don't want to do that one. Perfect. You don't want to use uh, Safari. I do not like you. All right. We're going to go into my custom layout of, where are you? There it is. All right. We've got literally Texas at number one, which is expected. I 100% one one because it makes 100% sense for them to be the top, top one. You've got uh, Kansas State. Number two, and they got 14 first place votes. Um, oops, that window switched. Number three, you have uh, Oklahoma, which I'm gonna be honest, I a little shocked that Oklahoma got to. And then TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, UCF, Kansas, Iowa State, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. So as we look at this, gentlemen, we'll start off uh jason we'll let you lead the way on this one talk to me what 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 jumped out to you about these rankings when it came down the line 
Uh, a couple of things, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I guess I could see. I, I understand why Texas, with their with with the roster that they have, they should be favored. And I think obviously they, Big Twelve media kind of fell in line with the national media who loves Texas when it comes down to it, right? And Sark and the whole nine, right? Um, that being said, at some point you're going to have to do it. It's been 2009 since you won one. So all of these, and this isn't the first time they've been favored to do it, you know, since then either. And at some point you kind of have to show up and do it. My question would be is whether or not if he doesn't do it or doesn't at least play for it, does Sark have to go? You don't win 10 games this year finally? Do you got to go? I mean, that would be my question about that one. Um, but moving on to some of this other stuff, I think K-State's about right where they should be. I don't mind Oklahoma being third there. Um, I do think that when, and obviously I think we're going to move into some of this other stuff in a second, but I think that with Oklahoma right up there in the number three spot, it makes you wonder how you only got one guy on the, on the all big 12 preseason team and Ethan downs. But aside from that, I would say that the rest of them are pretty close. I think that UCF's a little high. I think Okie lights a little high. Um, I would definitely put Kansas in front of both of them. I would put, in fact, I would probably put Kansas in front of Baylor. Um, this is just Ooh. me. You know, I, I think Kansas, I think the only thing that's going to hurt Kansas, the possibility of hurting Kansas, and if, if you're talking about him being the MVP, that's another, I don't know that a lot of these votes are in lockstep with where they have these teams finishing, right? You know, if, if the, because to me, this is where you, you're picking them to finish, obviously. So, if Kansas has the MVP and you know, the player of the year on the offensive side, and you're talking about them being at number nine, which is the bottom half of the league, there's no way he wins the player of the year. If they're bottom half of the league. Right. I, I mean, there's just no way. That's fair. And that's hundred percent fair. And I think that's what jumped out to me too, is right. Kansas being where they're at. Kansas was probably the one that shocked me the most uh, right. when I saw it. And then of course, Oklahoma state getting the first place vote after the mass exodus that they saw happen there. Now, I don't know what that, that was, cap. What a joke. <laughs> somebody joking around with that one. So yeah, PG, PG, seeing these rankings, man, talk to me. How are you feeling about this? Yeah, uh, I agree. Kansas is too low. Uh, they're returning a lot this year. And that roster last year was actually pretty good. Uh, the defense could have been improved a little bit more. But Lance Leipold's got this program going in the right direction. Um, the only game that I'm really curious about for Kansas is at Texas. Uh, seems like they have a lot of success down there. So if they can win that one, I guess they're going to have a really good year. Uh, but no, like the top three, I agree with. Uh, I really like Texas to actually make the college football playoffs this year if they can, um, you know, keep it together. I, I just think they have a really good squad. And I think this is the year they put it together. So uh, Kansas State, that's the question mark. Uh, can they make the Big 12 championship game? Um, I actually have Texas and Oklahoma, but I mean, I'll – be okay with Oklahoma at number three. Tech at number four, I think they're right there. Uh, at five, that's where I'd put Kansas. And actually, I'd move TCU up to six. Or uh, not not TCU, UCF up to six. Um, I really like what Gus Malzahn's got going out there. Their schedule's not that hard. Uh, I see seven wins. Like, I can just look at it and go seven wins. Uh, maybe if they beat Tech uh, in Kansas or somebody, maybe they can go eight to nine wins. But uh, I think they got UCF and Kansas way too low. That's fair. Coop, looking at this, what jumped out to you? I mean, again, 
he Jason said it dead on. You know, we, we've been waiting to see. We've been waiting to see Texas for years and doing this. I think that they have too much that's working against them. Um, expectations. Expectations in Texas. Texas wins the summer every single year. The recruiting and the preseason, everything, it's just it, – it just – it blows my mind how every single year. Um, it, you know, let's go with this. Sark's never won 10 games as a head coach. Um, that's never happened. Um, any quarterback inconsist- inconsistency at all and – all of a sudden you've got something that you don't want happening. Everybody's going to want Manning or everybody's going to want that godforsaken transformer that they have in Malik Murphy. Cause that guy's humongous. <laughs> and uh, I don't see how you could watch a pick, watch him and just be like, let's just see what happens. Um, right. You know, that's a, he, he was, he's massive, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, K state lost a lot. Um, when Deuce, Deuce Vaughn is a big, big, big loss for them. Uh, losing number one receiver, losing your defensive end. Um, it, it's, it's, it's tough. They, they, they lost a lot. Uh, tech, it continues. Uh, you know, I like Joey McGuire. I think what he's doing, he's got people believing and uh, they're going to rally around uh, TCU. The same thing, uh, you know, with um, they lose a lot. And again, I mean, you, you've just got so much loss there. Oklahoma State. I mean, who like did, did, did did somebody forget what happened at Oklahoma state last year um, or, you know, in the off season, it just, it just blows my mind. But um, I, I got to say this is if you're out there and you're watching and you're a West Virginia fan, my heart is with you. Uh, everything going at West Virginia this year, this is not what they needed. And you know what? It's um, I, I, you know, it, what is it? The, uh, uh, you know, any, or the longest yard uh, they keep on, you know, I think Chris Berman keeps on saying, you know, you, you got to leave every, leave it all on the field. West Virginia is going to approach every single game that way. Cause they got nothing to lose. So, uh, you know, again, yeah, I, I'm okay with Oklahoma. I think between this and the, uh, the preseason all big 12 team, Venables has everything he has and he, and he can say, listen, um, it's, it's time. It's, it's go time. It's, it's time to put up or shut up because if you guys do not go out there and prove it out on the field, you know, nobody's going to take you serious. And uh, so, yeah, there's going to be uh, some really good and interesting stuff. You know what? Listen, I Texas, when Texas and OU are, are both good, again, even though it's last year, it's good for the Big 12. And so yeah. I'm for it. Um, now, if you are watching and you're a Texas fan, that 49 and nothing garbage, you, you had your year. It's oh, almost okay. over. Um, and guess what? Uh, let's go ahead and throw out, you know, uh, your fullback at quarterback and we'll see, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens in the game for you. So, um, it's going to be a little bit more competitive this year and OU is at number three, I think because of the optimism on defense and when's the last time that we could say that. Yeah, that's, that's not something we could say very often. And I think that's what impresses me the most is that they actually think that we're going to have a good defense. And so because of that, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to fight and argue or say that, you know, anybody's wrong because if you guys believe it, I'll take it. And so when I looked at this and I think everybody's right in this, in this piece, I do. I said, I said, Texas better be number one. Like I would have called big 12 media bias if they wouldn't have put Texas at number one, I would have been saying it called shenanigans. I've been saying that they're trying to find a way to exile both these teams. For sure. (laughs) <laughs> They're already trying to exile us as it is. I mean, Texas had what one holding call? One is that either between one or three? Truth, keep me honest here. I think it was like one or three uh, offensive call, offensive holding calls called in their favor. 
last season, and I think in Big 12 play, and we had one. One against Oklahoma. One against Oklahoma. And, and yeah, so we – obviously, Big 12 officiating is trying their hardest to kick us out of the league (laughs) before we're even kicked out of the league by being disrespectful. But I – I personally think that that's where that should be. I like Oklahoma at three. That gives us a little bit of a chip on our shoulder to try to prove ourselves, which we do need to be to put up a shut up. That is one thing I won't even argue. Thank you. Thank you, Troop. I knew you knew it was three. That's three total for the season for them. That's absurd. And I know there was more holding than that in those games. Um, I think that the one that jumped out to me most was one Kansas being at number nine. They do have a kind of a tough schedule for them. And but they got two players on the All American team, and that's kind of like where I was like, "Wait a minute, why are we? What what are we doing here? That Kansas doesn't deserve to be higher than this? I mean, they've got a what? Um, they've got a couple of guys on the um All American team, and so I would have thought there would have been more to that. That was one, and then besides that, you've got uh, UCF, which I think should be a little bit higher. I think Oklahoma State should be lower. I mean, no shade to to the Poke fans, but there's no reason for Oklahoma State to be as high as they are. That, to me, feels high. Yep. Yeah. You tell me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead no, I was going to say, if you just look at the skill positions on this list, the Big Twelve straight up outside of Xavier Worthy and Jatavion Sanders, Big Twelve looks like dog crap. I mean, this is not a very formidable skill position preseason big 12 and Jatavian Sanders that again yeah I love the guy and that's that that's a little bit more of an upside you know hell if Xavier Worthy Worthy would have transferred somewhere else um you know I'd have been down with that but he 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 is a dog he's going to be one who goes out but you just look at this and it's just like oh it looks like I'm rekindling like 1997 here don't do it Dang. Don't do it to yourself. Listen, the only thing I want to say is you can't tell me that that there's Tyler Guyton doesn't belong on this first team. There's no way, uh, you know that. <clears throat> oh yeah, that's coming up next. I'm gonna put. I'm about to put the, put that up right now. But and and the bottom line is is that to me when you start looking at these rankings right here right now, UCF uh, to they went they won nine games but they lost five a year ago in the freaking American Conference. Okay, they didn't even win that conference. They're coming into a real power five conference right now that that is probably the most competitive conference in the country at this moment. Right. When you're talking about top to bottom competitive with the with each other. I don't I do not want to hear that UCF is going to be anywhere near the top eight. I don't buy it. Not for one, especially when John Rice finally he can't throw the ball from here from me across the room here. He can't. (laughs) And the room is about eight. Uh, in fact, I've just measured it yesterday. It's 12 and a half feet. So, uh, you know, it, I don't buy it. I, he, I'm good for him that he can run. K-State needed for Adrian Martinez. By the time that second half of the season came around, Adrian Martinez wasn't going to get them to that, to that conference championship game. It wasn't going to happen. It's great to have a guy that can run, but you got to throw it. And it's, it's just crazy to me that everybody – I don't know. I don't even understand why they would be there. I just don't get it. You know, um, I think UCF wins seven games next season. I think they win four in conference, three out of conference because they got to. I mean, they they play West Virginia. That's going to be a dub. They play Cincy. I think they're better. They play Oklahoma State, who I think is the second worst team in the Big Twelve this year, and then they play Houston. So 
four wins there, three out of conference. UCF's actually going to be a pretty decent team. They're going to be. I think four you'll wins have right there, but three, four three. wins. That's what matters for the for those rankings, though, PG. So if they only win four, they are not going to be in the in the in the top eight. There's no way, or the top seven. I mean, if they, win I think you're going to have a lot of Big Twelve teams probably win four or five conference games this year. I think you're going to have your clear outliers, and then you'll have a bunch of people in the middle of the road right there at four or five. Because I don't think Iowa State is winning. I don't. Iowa State might win one. I think Oklahoma State's probably going to win one or two. I mean, you're. I mean, you're going to have some bottom feeders. Okay. Well, and I don't think West Virginia is winning a single. Does or, have the second easiest schedule behind us. Well, so, so, say, OSU schedule is cake, and so I can I can see some wins there. And I honestly. I feel like you you're stepping up to it's one thing that UCF with some of their past teams have gone and been really competitive. They weren't the best team in the AAC a year ago. They weren't. And they really it really wasn't that close. I mean, they lost to freaking Navy. You know, I, I so I don't really want to I don't want to hear that that these guys are all of a sudden going to freaking turn into Superman when they get to the Big 12 because I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. You know, and, and they've been recruiting. Let me tell you where they've been recruiting. They averaged number 70 in the country. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, but That's they're moving on it. up there now that they're in the Big 12. I'm telling you right now. They're, they're they've got a lot 40. Of That's a trip. big move up. That's a big move up from 70. Sure. But they're they're yeah. at number 40. And, and in the end, first year, it's, I mean, what good is that going to do? You know, they, they don't they don't have that class yet. So, to me, I just – I mean, come and show me where these guys are going to do it because with the, with a quarterback that can't even throw, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, no. This is a good conversation. Good conversation. So, here's the team. Here's your offense. Let's look at the offense first as far as the Big 12. Um, who we got for the Big 12 uh, media's offensive team? And I only had one gripe. When I when I saw the list personally, I saw one gripe on here that I I agree that we need to prove ourselves and show who we are and all of that jazz. Definitely not wrong with that. Texas had five players, which was isn't bad, which sounds about right. Three on the offensive side, two on defense. Oklahoma ended up with Ethan Downs as the only player on the list. That's a fair one. Um, totally understand that. But offensively, Tyler Guyton should have been on this list. That's the only player I've griped about on the preseason media All Big 12 team is Guyton should have been on there. It's criminal he's not on there, especially after the battle he had with Jared Verse, who was considered a top 10 NFL draft pick, and he decided to come back to college. I don't know why, but <laughs> he battled with him. I actually made a short of him going against him, and he he won majority of those battles. Like Verse got him a couple of times, but it was a battle, and I don't understand how he did not end up on this list. Like, how does he not end up as a preseason um, all-Big 12 conference player? Like, that's one of the players that I think should have been on there. If I'm taking somebody off, I'm probably taking Kingsley off. But that's just me. Uh, Outside of that, I had no qualms with any of the rest of the roster. I think everybody else on here is legit. Um, I think everybody else is legit. Devin Neal had 1,000 yards. We talked about him in the green room. And – it's tough, but, I mean, he rushed for 1,000 last year, and him and Jalen Daniels, it's crazy how they've got these two guys up here. We've got – got offensive linemen on here, and it don't even look like they're going to finish but, like, seventh or eighth in the Big 12. That, That's 
glaring for me. Um, and then, of course, they have Kobe Bryant coming back, and he'll be healthy. They Kansas produces their their CBU or DBU. It feels like they just produce corners like crazy. Uh, it's just somehow that's one of the things they do. So, um, so Stutzman on not on there is criminal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about Stutzman on that. Um, he put up a lot of numbers, and he had like 900 snaps last year too. He put a lot. But they're uh, saying he did lead ran the, all over the rest all day long. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. But he did lead the he led the conference in tackles. He did? Yeah. A lot of people came to him because we didn't stop anybody up front. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm not yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And truth, <laughs> that's also a good one. I I I can see that as well. Um it's yeah. He did lead the Big Twelve in tackles. So Stutzman probably should have been one and got the love, but But what about well here's the one thing I would say though. You got newcomer of the year, Treshawn Ward, Kansas State running back. Why? Why? You have a freshman all American in DeSal McCullough coming in. You know? A freshman all American? Newcomer of the year. I don't get the Treshawn Ward part. I, I mean, I guess he might be a good player. I don't know what I don't know much about him, but I mean, and I know what they're going to do at K State. But my thought is, is that, you know, I, at the end of the year, I want to see who has been a made a bigger impact, and I'm guessing that it's not going to be Trayshawn Ward between those two guys. Ooh, that's a good proclamation there. Okay. Oh, I'll say oh, no. it. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it out there. You clip it if you need to. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> clip that one. That's picture. one. Yep. That we're gonna clip that one because that was one is uh yeah, definitely want to talk about. But yeah, Bowman is another one that I was curious about, but I didn't see Bowman getting getting it this time around. I just didn't feel like he was um quote unquote worthy for it this time around. But you know, Aguebu was preseason. All Big 12 last year, right? And when we saw that, we were like, oh, all right. Um, you know, I kind of feel the same about downs. I mean, there's a lot of folks who are like, is he a rotational guy with the transfers that we brought in? Um, so, again, when it all comes down, this is the preseason. Um, this isn't something that I worry about. Uh, you know, Kansas State having their fullback on there. Um, you know, the, the, they got offensive linemen. And uh, it looks like they got, you know, Kobe Savage, which it is. Uh, I owe Kobe Bryant a, uh, uh, an apology still from the pregame uh, breakdown last year where I told him to run straight at him, and then they did, and he, he got out for the rest of the season. So, sorry, sir. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I'd rather be the, uh, the postseason. That's, that's fair. I'll give you that. Very much. I'm not even going to argue with that one. Um, yeah, our Mason, I don't think our Mason's there yet. But I think he will make waves. Still young. Gotta yeah, remember, a lot of these players are still young. We have a very young roster. I think that's the one thing that jumped out to me too is that our team is pretty young, and because of that, that's probably the only reason why I'm just like I don't know if with some of these players who should make it, who ain't. But I, but the, if there's one, Guyton is the guy that I'm trying to ask those questions about. Uh, last thing though, before we wrap up and uh, put a bow on things, did y'all see the uh, predicted? Uh, favorites um, for the games next season? 
So Vegas has some odds that are coming out that we don't have the actual odds for all of them. I do know one. I do know the OU Texas game that Texas is supposed to be favored by six and a half. But they had said that was good, Captain. Cap pulled up. Um, that OU is favored in 11 of their 12 games this season. And so is Texas. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to ask y'all, which game do y'all think Texas isn't favored in this season? That'll be Bama, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very easy. Hey, guys, <laughs> I, I'm saying I'm saying that game's too early, and Alabama don't know what the hell they're doing at quarterback. And, and I promise you this, Saban – well, again, Saban is Saban, and I think that Texas got hosed a little bit last year. Um, you know, again, they're just bad luck. Um, but, I, was, I mean, Texas has done that in the national championship, and now last year, you know, your quarterback goes down, looks like you're going to win the game, and then, you know, you just basically barely lose. Um, don't be – I mean, don't be surprised if Texas goes to, to Tuscaloosa and either either wins convincingly – or Alabama just throws some crazy weirdness out there. But, I, you know, guys, this Alabama, it, they're going to have a good team. But, again, the wide receiver crew uh, was not very not very uh, beautiful last year. Um, and I think it's uh, – <laughs> I just I, – I, I'm calling. I mean, if Texas goes on their wins, I'm not going to think that it's, uh, it's that outlandish because I think it's going to take a while to figure out what they're doing, um, what they're doing on offense. I uh, don't think Texas has a shot. I think they're going to go walk in there and get stomped. It's it's a night game. It's Bama. I mean, I get it. They got their own quarterback problems trying to figure it out this year. But Nick Saban is going to have that team ready. And I, do, I just don't see a Texas team coming in and beating Alabama in week two at Alabama. If, if, it, if this was Texas this year, I'd give Texas the advantage if, if it was in Texas. But the fact that it's in Alabama, that's just that's really hard to overcome. Here's the thing, though. A year ago, when they had still had Bryce Young, they shouldn't they shouldn't have won that game. Yeah, but they and also now, had Bill O'Brien. But okay, so they got Tommy Reese now. He's worse, you know. Bill O'Brien. I mean, Bill O'Brien actually led Bryce Young to win a Heisman the year before that. So, to me, you know, I don't know who they're going to have at quarterback at Alabama. I don't, and and especially early in the season. They may not know who's going to be playing quarterback, and they still could be. I think if they have, when if you go in there and you have a good game plan, the, there's a chance for for Texas to win that game because they've got they definitely got them at at first and second quarterback for that matter. You know, now nah, I would like it better if if they were playing, uh, you know, the kid, the number two guy, the transformer we were just talking about, but Malik Murphy, would, yeah, yeah, Malik. Malik. Yeah, Malik's great. So I I really want to see that guy on the freaking sideline. I really, really do. You know, we talked about Alabama's quarterback problems, but can we say the same about Texas? Because I get it, they got Quinn Ewers returning, but Quinn Ewers struggled last season. So, like, what's going to happen if he goes into that game against Alabama, hostile road environment, and struggles again? Who are they turning to? Malik Murphy. That's a bad thing. If this was a Big Twelve game, all day long, I'm taking Malik Murphy. But this is. In SEC country, I don't, I don't see any quarterback stepping up for for Texas against Alabama in any situation. I, I just, it, it doesn't, 
<laughs> it's that's not, that's not an environment I want to be switching up quarterbacks, and I don't see Quinn Ewers being that dude that's going to come out there and sling the ball around against Alabama's defense. Uh, yeah, I think the one thing that concerned me too about – so I don't think Tommy Reese is worse than Bill O'Brien. Um, I think Tommy Reese is more of a college court, a co- college guy, and the big difference with him too is that he's got better talent at Bama than he did at uh, Notre Dame. I mean, it's no shade to Notre Dame, but Bama does get more talent. I mean, it's kind of why they've won that's the fair. national that, championships. That's fair. I think that that helps him with just being creative, and he's going to simplify the offense. Is something that Bill O'Brien doesn't know how to do because Bill O'Brien's an NFL guy. It's got to be complex. You're It's a real chess match. And so I think it's going to be a tough one for Bama just because they're installing a whole new system. So I do, I do think Texas does have a chance to go out there and upset. Um, I think the only difference is going to be that Bama defense is going to be a problem for Texas. So if this game's low scoring, then I I can totally see Bama pulling it out. It's just that as long as Bama's defense doesn't crack, they'll win that game. And that's going to be the key thing is what does Saban look like with his new, with his defense? Because Golding's not calling anymore. He brought in a veteran who used uh, in steel, who used to run the defense, right. Who used to call it for Saban, you know, before. And then they also got Jeremy Pruitt back there as a defensive analyst, who's probably the actual defensive coordinator. So because of that, that that's where I see the Quinn errors. They're going to force him to do the things he's not going to like to do. He's going to have to throw it to the middle and he's going to, that's not what he's been good at. And so that's why I sense that's going to be the challenge. Um, Seth asked a good question here. Real quick before you go, PG, I'm going to let you dive into that. But he asked, why do y'all think BV uh, left in the first place? Left Oklahoma? Because um, Mike Stoops came back? Yeah. That's <clears throat> yeah. He didn't get the keys. Yeah. They, he, the, the keys were split. And when you split the keys, Some and, I mean, of course, this is all speculation from all of us, but just from the outside looking in, the optics told us the minute that Mike Stoops got back and then was immediately given the co-defensive coordinator spot, mm-hmm. felt like Venables is like, well – I think I need to go ahead and go grow somewhere else. And he went up there to Dabo, which was a smart move for him because he's able to establish himself. I think that's why Stoops worked so hard to get BV to be the head coach here. You know, yeah. I think he can't yeah. quite hard. Right. You know, cause, and we've heard, we've heard rumors that Dan Lanning was the choice, you know, for if you've, if, you know, we've heard that. I don't know how true that was, but I've heard that, you know, he was really close. So, but that Stoops really kind of got in there, talked to Joe C saying, hey, no, it needs to be BV. So, you know, yeah, maybe that's the case. But again, the only thing I would say, I'm just going to finish up on that other thing that I was saying. The one, I get it, the defense-wise, and you don't know what you're going to get with Quinn Ewers, but if you see the difference in, like, what he looked like in the spring game, which isn't necessarily a big deal. He looks like a different player to me, and he's got a big enough arm that he can throw it around. And he was playing really good against that Alabama defense a year ago. I think if it wasn't for him getting hurt, they win that game for sure. But Bryce Young is not going to be there to save Alabama. So to your point, Jay, if they get in a situation where <clears throat> they, it's a low-scoring game, I could definitely see Bama winning too. If it, if it gets into the 20s for each team, I think that Bama's screwed, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, but I also got to say this is uh, I'll play devil's advocate against my own self um, yeah. is <laughs> going into Tuscaloosa and I'm going to hop on a, a little bit of what PG said. You're going into Tuscaloosa against Alabama sure. and at night Nick Saban knows that he 
All he has to do is do the Bill Belichick thing and take one thing away from Texas. Um, listen, Quinn Ewers right now looks like Spencer Rattler a couple of years ago going into the last year he was here. Is Fair. you know you're you're talking about the potential. You know they, there's some mocks that have him as the second quarterback off the board or the number eight pick in the NFL draft. I I, I don't see it. Uh, I just don't see it yet. You know the inconsistency was there. But it's the NFL, and they'll draft off of hope. And uh, but I do say this is um, you know that that thing could turn pretty quick. And uh, Dallas Turner is still on that team, and Dallas Turner is going to be a top ten pick. Um, he is going to he he is a dude. So, but I did see somebody said the offensive line for Texas is going to give them a chance. They're going to get the kitchen sink. Um, and, and so I could see uh, Nick Saban deciding you know what we're going to run the ball 75 times and just keep it cruising and put them on the sideline and keep them there with all that offensive skill yeah i i agree with captain 405 there i mean if the texas offensive line is going to give themselves a chance i mean in fact you know i, I think what is it uh banks was on the uh yes all big 12 list but dj campbell's going to be on that list next year so texas is going to have at least two guys on that list um and oklahoma will have one in caden green but uh, yeah, I mean, Texas O-line gives them a chance. I think if you're Texas or if you're Alabama, Nick Saban, you have to take Quinn Ewers out of the game. And I'm not, and I know Frightening Truth was eluding. I'm not saying he gets hurt. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. Don't think Quinn Ewers can throw the ball around. I mean, you look at his, the big games last season, he struggled, right? You take Quinn Ewers out of the game and you just make it to where it has to be a Cedric Baxter show. I think Alabama wins the game pretty handily. I mean, I, I just don't have that much faith in the Texas quarterback room that early in the season. I think last yeah. season you saw an Alabama team come in way too confident into DKR, and it was really hot, right? I, I think there were a lot of factors there that Alabama th th themselves, they played against themselves in that game that, mm -hmm. pre that prevented them from winning that game handily and putting Texas in a position to win it. I think this year you're going to see a much more relaxed Nick Saban Al, or, or Alabama thing, and I think Texas comes in kind of like Alabama did last year with this expectation that they're going to come in and win that game, and I think Texas is just – I think it's going to be a bloodbath for them. I, I want to see the diesel package with Malik Murphy just running <laughs> on some folks at some point. No, we don't. No, I, mean, we don't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe <laughs> Malik Murphy comes in as the show – because I really don't think Quinn Ewers is the answer for that game. I just – I would not feel comfortable putting in any other quarterback other than your starting quarterback to play against Alabama. But at the same time, yeah. you know, I, mean, it, it, I don't know. I just I just don't have faith in it. I just don't have faith in it. I don't I think, think, they, I don't think the politics – I don't think yeah. the politics allow Emily Murphy to, Murphy to play. I mean, so – I'll say this, and I think I think I understand like with 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 Poop Feast and everything everybody's saying about um, um, Quinn Ears and them cutting up the defense against Alabama. Remember last year the defense was quote unquote called by Pete Golding. Mm -hmm. He ain't there no more. He's at Ole Miss. The young boy, the young stud's gone. And what's funny, I remember hearing that Oklahoma was trying to snatch him up. That Lincoln That's Riley was trying to bring Pete Golding here uh, a few years ago. He was the guy that he was trying to go after. Um, but last year, yeah, that's who y'all were cutting up. I think Saban's going to be way better prepared this year to really expose weaknesses. Y'all don't have Bijan. Uh, like I said, the only fears I've had for Texas is that Quinters is very inconsistent, just like y'all, all the Texas fans have said. We don't know what we're going to get out of him. The second thing is, is that I think without Bijan, I like Brooks. 
But is he Bijan? You see what I'm saying? Is he Roshan? That's that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And so we have to see what they're going to look like. Good thing is we'll see him early. And it may also be the bad thing is that we'll see them early. I kind of would like to see them a couple games in, getting comfortable with all the players around them and all the new changes around them on an, an actual game. Uh, but I do think if Texas offensive line holds up, just like Cap said, I think that they do have a chance in this game. The question's going to be is um, if this game's going to be – if the score's going to be low or not. If it's a low-scoring game, then I am concerned for Texas. Sure. If it's um, a low-scoring game, that means that yours is probably struggling, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he's struggling to get moving because they have a great receivers. They've got a really good tight end. It, I mean, and they do have a good running back room down there. I mean, I know they're unproven. But, I mean, you've got the number one running back in the country coming in. You've got Blue, who is the number one Texas running back for, you know, for two years running pretty much, you know. And yeah. so, to me, good. I, I, yeah, man, I, I just feel like that that's the whole problem, the whole deal with that. And the other thing that I would say, and I've said this a thousand times, I think, but, man, I don't think that the Quinn Ewers issue was really a Quinn Ewers issue. I think it was a Coach Sark issue, not ever adjusting when somebody else adjusts. I don't with the Oki Light game, the biggest part of his incompletions were all in that third and fourth quarter when he shouldn't yeah. been running the damn. We shouldn't have been throwing the ball anyway. And that's yeah. actually when Texas fans, that's Texas, all Texas fans. I've had conversations with. Uh, in truth, I think you've mentioned this before on Ty's uh, streams over around the table. Is the complaint about Sark and the adjustments in the second half, and it felt like when just was was not was was it felt like he was more erratic going in the second half. And so, as pointed out here, that's, that's kind of one big thing is the uh, Bama had 30 penalties by Billy in last year's game. That discipline portion of it, that's – Golding's gone. So, I don't think that we're going to see as many penalties on that side. Offensive side, I think that Tommy Reese reigns that in. If anything, I think Nick Saban reigns all that in. And I think that's all, the only concern I have about it being the first game of the season. But still, still, we're going to still have to point this out. We don't know who Bama's quarterback is going to be. They haven't decided yet. They haven't figured out who has mastered Reese's offense enough to go out there. I mean, they went and got Buckner specifically because of that, just to make sure they have an insurance policy, which is a smart move. But I do think it's going to be uh, uh, Jalen uh, Milrow. I think he's going to start. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be that's going to be your question is what does it look like? Uh, once y'all actually get in the trenches with them. I, I am only concerned that if it's a low-scoring game that Bama pulls us out because they did bring in, what, nine five-stars this past Alabama's defensive season. line was the problem last year in a lot of their games, and they went out there and addressed it in a heavy way. They got a Keon Keeley, the five-star edge rusher. They got James Smith and Quay Russo. Remember, those were the two five-stars out of Alabama. They got mm -hmm. Johanzo Pierre. Like, I... I Alabama's going to be fine in the trenches, and that's why I think they're going to be able to win this game because even if they have subpar quarterback play, their offensive and defensive line is going to have all of the penalties and everything that they had wrong with them last year cleaned up. That's going to be Nick mm -hmm. Saban's priority. Yep. Clean up penalties, getting uh, consistency in that part, that's why I see we're going to see big – yeah. However, though, so the original question was, how many games is Texas, you know, is Texas favored in all their games? I actually don't think Texas would be favored in all their games this year. I think Alabama's one they're not favored in. That's and only one. You know, on how K-State and Oklahoma look by the time they play K-State and Oklahoma, if Oklahoma's putting up 50 points a game, they're not favored in that game. I promise you they're not. Because no, it, Vegas has never bet against Oklahoma when they're scoring that much. So, yeah, th at that point, Oklahoma could be favored. 
But Oklahoma's got to be putting up points at that point. And then Kansas State, you know, let's say Kansas State's undefeated. Are you going to take Texas over Kansas State? Texas has won six straight over Kansas State. Six um, straight. Just saying, Kansas State, they always cause everybody problems. If they're undefeated at that six time, straight, I don't know if Kansas – I don't know they if don't Texas – They don't cause them problems. State. The other Kansas uh, <laughs> right and boom time asked a question thank you for the two dollar uh contribution we really do appreciate that will the big with a triple r be a low scoring game this year i'm gonna say this i anticipate that game to be under 40 combined points that's shooting your shot right there i see it as a low game this okay. coming year I think it's going to be more defensive focus. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> that's, I mean, I just fair. For <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I normally never do that either, but it feels like that's going to be a 40 point or less game. It's going to be a, a, a more of a nail biter, but it's also going to be, it could be erratic. This is Oklahoma versus Texas. And it's always been that way. And yeah, poop, you are right. This is. You can come trash talk all your Sooner fans, but we like talking all Big 12 stuff at the end, baby. You got all your OYO stuff at the beginning. We now talking all Big 12 and having some fun here. Because, I mean, ain't nothing else to talk about. It's, it's, we're in the deadest of deadest periods right now. Um, but I, I, yeah, it is pretty low, though. I, I, I 100% feel like this is going to be a lower scoring game, 40 points. Now, would 50 surprise me? No, but I don't, I don't think it goes past 50 either. I, I, like, the 50 was my starting point, but I was like, you know what? We'll go bold. We'll throw a big take out there, 40. We'll see if it happens. So, um, we'll wrap up. Questions. Anybody else got any other good questions in here before we jump in and uh, wrap up? Abo, go, we'll do the round table like we always do. Jason, let the people know where to find you. Hey, you can find me at hofmedia.us. That'll send you everywhere we are. Or and obviously on YouTube right here, it's just at CFB-pod and at Birdie Man Dub on Twitter. Thanks yep, for having yep. me on. Dude. Appreciate PG, it. as usual, man, love having you. PG, let the people know. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, The PG Show, Apple, Google, or Spotify. We're actually going to be pushing the podcast platforms a little more. There's going to be exclusive content over there. So go jump over to one of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, give me a thumbs up or whatever they do over there. I don't know what they do over there. But make sure you <laughs> like, rate, the review. Yeah. rate, review. Yeah, like and review. Make stars. sure you follow the podcast. You know, uh, But, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of 2025 recruit interviews coming up. Uh, we're going to start deep diving into that class a little bit as we start to head into – the season and early national signing day. So I'd like to have you guys there. Hey, awesome, congratulations awesome. on the, on the wedding, brother. Congratulations. Yes, congrats, congrats, sir. Congrats, brother. Congrats. PG got married. So let them know with the congratulations. We've all got to be excited about that. He is uh, shining and gleaming. Look at Actually, him. Yeah, he's glowing. Since right? we're talking about it, since we're talking about it uh, and you know what, we'll, we'll give a little nugget here on Jay's show. Kaylee is a huge softball fan, so one of the things she wants to do is start a softball podcast. So be looking out for that sometime this summer. We're going to be starting a softball podcast talking about all that. So Love to hear. Love to hear. We will keep an eye out for that. So let's jump into some of these questions real quick. Sick ass, what makes you say the game will be low scoring? I feel like both teams are going to really be focused on defense. I do. Um, and adding – the defensive pieces that Texas did this past cycle was Anthony Hill, that linebacker. I think he's going to be a big anchor for that defense. And I think I think OU's defense is going to be a hell of a lot better than it was last year. I think I see Reggie Pearson when he came on the show. Y'all recall that, you know, a couple of weeks back, he mentioned he felt like this was a top five defense. 
Um, and he played on the top two defense, Rex Ryan, uh, defensive setup when he was at Wisconsin. And they had a lot of NFL guys. And he said skills-wise, he feels like there's way more here. I don't, you know, he, I'm going to let him have his. But I do feel like this defense is going to end up being in the top 40, no problem. And if that's the case, it's going to be a nail-biter dogfight in that game. Even though it's erratic, it's going to be that. This is going to be the storyline. Oklahoma defensive line versus Texas offensive line. Yes. Who's going to win that? It's, and that's literally going to be the deciding factor. Who wins the battle? <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Marcus Major going to be involved. I see a lot of Major in there this year. He, I don't see why he wouldn't play more. Unless he just um, As long as he's healthy. The problem has been his health over the last few years. Um, I think it's, it's going to be health that's going to be the biggest thing for – um what was this yeah health is big yeah hank asked a nice one okie like winning more than five games this year man when i looked at their schedule <sighs> nope i don't know right here and you go <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely not winning more than five in the big 12 no i mean they're out of conference it's weak like normal they might go three and oh but uh Outside of West Virginia, they might not have a win in the Big 12. Yep. That's a good one. So the Cowboy asked the question, XOU commit. Hate him. I'm I'm Jason, who's, who's your next commit? Well, this is Winnery. Come on. Okay, he's calling Winnery. Okay. On, PG. I'm holding out hope for Jaden Jackson. I really am. Ooh. Because that's like when that. the four, is that the 14th? It's 13th. And and 13th. I'll say this. If we don't land him on the 13th, we will have him by signing day. Okay. Because when Stone commits, I have no doubt in my mind, Jake Jackson will be a part of this class. Coop, who do you think's next? I like that. I'm calling Tatum. Uh, yeah. I'm calling Tatum as well. Tatum, Tatum's the one I'm calling next. I'm throwing that against the wall. That that gets done here soon. Now, I think that that's the one. 2024? Because, I mean, a 2025 guy could pop off before a 2024 guy. Come on, I mean, it's Billy. Fair. Well, we said next commit in general. So, if you got a 25 guy, feel free to throw him out there. I mean, I don't know if a 2025 guy commits. I'm just saying, we 2025, you never know. Hey, is this a – is this a – has anything to do on, with Billy. your last interview or anything like that? Or you got some yeah, You know what? If I, had a, if I had a crystal ball, I'd put one in for – I'd hey. put one in. Go put I your future cast in for, now. For all of you guys, for the offensive line – OU is in the lead for three elite Dallas area offensive linemen for the 2025 class. We're talking about one of them. And so if we go out and get some Oklahoma boys and give Bimbo some, some projects, um, don't be too worried because we, there are some absolute studs. Uh, Texas had a down, down, down year in offensive line uh, this year and next year it flips and they got some, they got some, they got some ballers. Well, and then they also got all those guys of Bishop Gorman, too, on the offensive line. I think two mm -hmm. of them are five stars, and one of them is a high four-star kid. So Oklahoma's going to be – 2025 was the year they really wanted to hit home runs on the offensive line, not 2024. Yep. Okay. Um, I say Tatum is, is mine as well. So I think Tatum's going to be the next one to pop off. Poop asked the question, when, do you think the Texas-Oklahoma rivalry is the more hate – trade between each other or more respect with joint decision to join the SEC. It seems like freebies kind of deal. Um, honestly, I think that they are 
I think it's one of the I don't think it's the most hated. Uh I think it's more respect, honestly. Um I think it's more respect between the two. I think it's I don't think it's really just actual pure hate. It's not I don't think it's, it's Michigan, not Michigan Ohio State. It's not Michigan, Ohio State or Alabama, Auburn. I put it like this. Y'all not gonna y'all not gonna drive up to campus and poison our tree. And we wouldn't drive down to y'all's campus and do that either. So I don't yeah. think it's like pure hate. I think it's more respect. Um and b- making it a neutral site every year to me tells me that it's a it's a it's a mutual respect of each other, but enjoy that the you know the the banter type deal. Because yes, I agree with you. Them both going to SEC together told me he's like yeah they're 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 working they're moving in conjunction with each other because they both know that the rivalry is great It's great for both brands and that's something you don't ever want to separate. Well, um, and you'll hear Oklahoma and Texas people say, we need the other one to be good to, you know, help us get to this level or whatever. You don't hear people say that about Michigan and Ohio State. They could care yep. less about the other team. Yep. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. All right, Seth asks, how many D linemen do you think we, we signed this cycle? I'm going to say six. Say seven. Ooh. Wait, are we talking about interior or like... just period? Just on oh, the line interior. Oh, yeah, edges, edges, all of it. Yeah, probably, probably six or seven, I think. Okay. Yeah, if, if if we're talking the entirety of it. Right? Wait, wait. How many did you say, Coop? I said six, but I was underneath the set that Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said, yeah, I, I, I was trying to figure out. I was like, wait, did he, did he say 10? Like, dang. 10. He got some. Uh, them all. He's taking them all. <laughs> um, where does Jackson end? Texas. Things up in Texas. Um, but I don't think he's like PG said, I don't know if it sticks. Um right now it's one of those we're just waiting for Stoney to make his decision and his family to make the decision. And once they make the decision, I think that that's gonna turn everything around as far as his recruiting class go. I'll just say this when Stone commits to Oklahoma, you could see not only Jackson, but you could see several IMG Academy guys, whether they're on the defense or the offensive side of the ball, give Oklahoma a second look if he ends up at Oklahoma. That's a good one. That's a good point. Grant Bricks end up at Oklahoma. Uh, I saw Thune was talking about him recently, and he felt really confident when he saw him. And he's getting a little bit more confident every day. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a hey, tough one. Nebraska and Kansas State are confident too, so – so, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say – I'll be honest. I'm going to say we don't land them. That is, that's my prediction. I don't think we land Bricks. I'm not confident like everybody else is. I think that he ends up elsewhere. So that's just me. Um, Billy asks, of course, Stoney and Winery as well as Tatum coming soon. Just put it like that. I think Winery lands here at Oklahoma. Everything – keeps pointing to me that he's going to end up picking Oklahoma. Uh, PJ committed on, what's that, the 10th, which would be exactly a year ago, what, today? Tomorrow? So, there's a chance we may see it come soon. And, yeah. It'll probably come to fruition. I think Winery commits before Stoney does. Yeah. I actually think Winery... Stone. Yeah, before Stone. I think Stone's not going to probably be to uh, probably after the party at the palace or, um, hmm, yeah, because I think his last official will probably be party at the palace. Yeah, 
but then at that point, if he if he wants to continue to do officials, he has to commit because that's the only time we can do more commit. You can do more officials uh, with them. Um, and this was a great point here. Those players never got picked up in the portal. Curious if we would consider kicking that uh, tire again, but I don't think we will. I think that that's that, recruit that, your own problems. Weston has a question about Nigel Smith. Uh, that's going to be the third home game. Against, it's against Royce City for Melissa. Yes, it's, they yes, actually moved up senior night. September. They actually moved up senior night for Nigel Smith. Uh, oh, okay. So it's going to be against Royce City. I think that's their third game of the season at Melissa, Texas. I'll be there. I don't know if Jay's going to be there, but I know Ty is going to be there. Ty and I are for sure going. So, Okay. So, yeah, his date is set. So, yeah, great information there. But I'll just say this. Nigel Smith's already committed somewhere. So, Hmm. Uh, yeah. I and last – I think it's all you. You say what? <laughs> I think it's all you. <laughs> I do too. I I, I, th- I think Nigel ends up landing. I think we land Nigel. I I think we get our six guy. or seven defensive line over under on five stars for Oklahoma and Texas. Obviously, just opinions at this point. Yeah, yo, you're right. You're right. Yeah, writing. Um, five stars. I think Oklahoma finishes with four, and I think Texas finishes with five. I'll set that. I'll set the over-under on both of them at four and five, and I'm going to say Oklahoma could potentially go over. And I think Texas probably stays flat. I think five is what Texas gets. I Just think we Texas. get some recruiting recruiting brump, bumps for our big bag tight end, Tatum. Um, I think a couple of those guys give us five stars. Yeah. Yep. And, if and I think breaks. that Mitchell gets back. If you land Briggs, potentially a five-star. Yeah. You, you see those offensive linemen jump senior years up in the ranking. So I don't know. I honestly, I think there's a world where OU lands seven or eight just by the end of the cycle, whether they're guys that are already committed that jump into five-star territory, guys that aren't five stars that aren't committed to jump into five-star territory. But I think Oklahoma realistically could be in that range. Yeah. And in frightening, the big thing with that is you guys have, you guys have a pretty solid class that you're putting together and a lot of great players that you are in the hunt for. So I, I I don't see Texas not landing more players. And like I said, this year I see OU and Texas both winning ten games and seeing each other in the Big Twelve Championship. And so because of that, that's going to do nothing but increase the momentum around recruiting. So early signing day is going to be really really interesting. Uh, Eric, once again, thank you, boss man, for showing some love here on the channel. We're going to wrap this bad boy up. Looks like PG has fallen out and he's got to go take care of family. And so we're going to wrap things up at this point. Thank y'all for pulling up as usual. Please hit that like button. If you're new to the channel, subscribe. Love to have you join us on the journey. And with that, we will chop it up. I don't know. In about a day or two or something.